0: Well, here it is Monday morning again, and you are tuned to MPB Think Radio. Our show is entitled Deep South Dining, and we are nothing if we aren't blessed to have Carol
1: Puckett
2: in the studio as every Monday. Thank you, Mal. And what a beautiful Monday it is. It's springish. There are things blossoming and
0: blooming. I know. I'm so excited. I'm planting and poking around and really excited about the gardening that begins to occur between now and Easter. And all my gardening friends, it's all they want to talk about, and I love
2: it. They're talking about planting the seed.
0: Annuals, perennials, vegetables, herbs. You know, it's all we talk about. uh, It's all we talk talk about.
2: about. Well, we talk about food.
0: We (laughs) do, and some of which is grown in our our little cottage gardens in our backyards and at the farmer's markets all across the state right. of Mississippi, which we are so blessed to have.
2: And you know what I feel really blessed to have is Java Chapman back in the studio. He's back. after He's back after spring break.
0: Like Nixon, he's, he's rested
1: and tanned and
2: ready for the new millennial. <laughs>
1: yeah. Wow. I, yeah, I appreciate y'all giving me a little bit of a rest last week, spring break, at home with the kids. It was a great time. I bet it was, it was great great restful. <laughs> yeah, we'll call, we'll call it that because I didn't come to work. But it's a different type of vibe at the house. <laughs> well, Carol, we've got a number of
0: topics to cover in this first segment. Um, one of which is a magnificent Boston cream pie that we ate uh, Saturday in Oxford, Mississippi.
2: Yes, Peyton. I mean, yes, <laughs> Malcolm. <laughs> it was Peyton Prosper's birthday party. We and want...
0: actually, today is his real birthday. It's his birthday. actual Belly, birthday. Belly-button yeah, Belly yes. birthday. Happy birthday, Peyton.
2: Yeah, happy birthday, Peyton. But uh, we were fortunate enough to be guests at the home of Tom and Dorothy Howorth in Oxford, to celebrate the birthday of a very dear friend and we were surrounded by his other dear friends from around the country. And what a
0: gathering, huh?
2: What a gathering. And A very
0: eclectic gathering of folk.
2: Yes, and yes indeed. And, you know, Dorothy Haworth has always been one of the great entertainers to me. She just knows how to do it and make it look effortless. And I just made a note To just mention on the air this morning, it was the simplicity and elegance of the dinner. Suddenly, you know, two large bowls appeared, a large bowl of shrimp and pasta, Mm -hmm. and then one of spaghetti, and then a third of salad. It was just three big, just simple, and it was beautiful. And you may say, why were there two pastas?
0: I didn't say a thing, except I put big portions of yes. both on my plate. It
2: was because that's what Peyton wanted.
0: One was meatballs, yes. and the other was yes. a shrimp linguini, uh, fettuccine kind of thing. Yes. But now, let's, let's not fail to mention the pâtés in the appetizer trays that were just incredible. There was, we kept referring to there were two pâtés. One we called a country pâté that was kind of in a, uh, a patty. And, and cut into pieces, big pieces, and then there was the sort of standard city pate that was creamy and was in a container, and you spread it on your toast
2: and those would have been in the backyard.
0: there was one in the backyard and one in the dining room between the dining room and living room. did you not get that i accent?
2: didn't I did not. I was mm. too engaged in lively banter
0: well, those were really excellent, and they were brought all the food was brought to us by local. Restaurant tours and caterers in Oxford.
2: Uh, that would, would be A and and N is the
0: caterers, and their restaurant is called Grit. Yeah. and it's in Taylor. Mississippi.
2: yeah, yes. a great time. But really, the centerpiece and what we wanted to talk about before we got diverted was the Boston cream pie. I mean, how Peyton's long? Favorite. Yes, and how long has it been since you've seen Boston cream pie?
0: Well, I've never seen one like that one. But I haven't really seen one uh, at all lately.
2: Yeah, I, I mean, see them I on TV.
0: There's a commercial about someone not eating the Boston cream pie, and they go by a pastry, a bakery window, and there's a picture of a Boston cream pie. But in person, this is the first one I've seen in a while.
2: Yeah, it, it was. I know when we were growing up, I won't say the decade. You would go places like Morrison's cafeteria in oh, yeah. Piccadilly, and the Boston cream pie was usually. Right next to the pineapple upside down cake. Lovely. And in schools, they served in the school lunch program the little squares of Boston cream pie and the little green plastic bowl not I in my elementary school not in your elementary school
3: I don't
1: know school. Java, did you get Boston well, that's what cream I'm, pie as I'm, as I'm thinking back I didn't know that it was called a Boston cream pie but that was a staple and with the kind of a the the yellow and yeah. then the chocolate yeah. at the top with the yeah. cream in the middle that was just
2: I did not know it was a Boston cream pie yes yeah, yeah. they served well,
1: that in the 2000s
2: <laughs> Well I think I think it's time for us to reintroduce the Boston cream pie you know to the kitchens of Mississippi. I, I hope everybody's <laughs> going to start uh, baking. But we, I, I looked up a little of the history, and it was back in the 1850s in Boston at uh, the Parker House Hotel, which is now the Boston Omni. Hmm. And they claim credit. Although, as most with most foods, there is a lot of controversy about who started it. But it was a French chef named. He only had one name. He was like the share,
0: Like Cher. Or the Madonna. Yep. Elvis.
2: Yep, like that. Steam. But uh, he created Java. it. Java.
0: I mean, Java yeah. only has one name. Java.
2: And the Boston cream pie is you know, yellow cake with a French a you know, pastry cream custard uh-huh. topped with More cake, and then with chocolate melted over the top. And at the time he created it, the unusual thing was the chocolate, because people didn't eat their chocolate; they drank it. So Mm. it was a new, um, you know, a new use for for that. Excellent research. Well, it is excellent research, and furthermore, in 1996, the Boston cream pie was proclaimed the official. Massachusetts state dessert.
0: Remember we talked about Mississippi needing a cake, an official cake. See, Boston's already made the cream pie there. I know,
2: and we're going to start on this project soon. (laughs) But, you know, I started, um, you know, when I was doing my research, I saw that there is a Boston cream donut Mm. at Dunkin' Donuts. So I immediately... isn't that a Boston
0: franchise yes
2: it's from from outside of Boston so I immediately thought guess who I thought of let me see
0: uh, Joe Sherman yeah well and guess what magically Joe is on the phone (laughs) good morning
2: good morning Joe of course when we think of donuts we think of you and your Dunkin Donut place
4: over in Pearl well thank you we appreciate it we appreciate it being thought of
0: Now you sell the Boston cream pie donut at. Uh,
4: yes. Is yes, that right? Yes, it's a it's a filled donut like you know like a jelly filled donut, but it's filled with Bavarian cream, and Bavarian. it's uh, and it's topped with uh, a chocolate icing. Uh, some people will put uh, confectionate sugar over the chocolate icing, but we don't. We just mm-hmm. have it uh, Bavarian cream filled. And uh, iced with our chocolate that we ice our uh, chocolate donuts with, and it's like probably the top. It's probably the number three donut in the, uh, in, in our in our category of donuts. Wow! So it's, probably, so it's a big seller yeah. here in. Uh, it is a big seller. Central it's Mississippi. Great.
2: Well, this what this is. The
0: what
4: is donuts have eight. <laughs> yeah,
2: what this is is a shameless shameless request for Boston cream donuts here at the radio station. Yeah. Well, someday,
4: I I, 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 I I will bring you some. No, and I will get you some. It may be next week, but I'll get you some. I would have brought them this morning if I had a phone. You just didn't get enough notice. <laughs> yeah,
2: Mark. you didn't That's you, right. you didn't didn't get enough uh, notice. But um Joe does does the Dunkin' donut franchise do they have which donuts you absolutely have to have like do you absolutely have to have the Boston cream?
4: Yes. They used to have what they called the express dozen and the Boston cream pie was in that. But now there's about 12 donuts that you must carry and there's Three, there's three or four regional ones, and then there's three or four that you can choose on your own. See, we have a chocolate filled one, a vanilla filled one, a jelly filled one, and a Boston cream with Bavarian cream. So, uh, and then some people do a, we do a coconut donut, a donut. Uh-oh, that,
0: oh, Java doesn't like coconut. <laughs>
4: Well then, we don't do a donut. What, don't don't <laughs> bring <laughs> any of those up here.
1: Java, will, he won't have anything to do. With yeah, I'm not a fan of coconut. <laughs> anyway. So,
4: it's
2: Joe, it's we're working on. We're thinking that we need um, a Mississippi state dessert, a state dessert like you know Boston cream pie is the official dessert mm. of Massachusetts. And when we start working on this, I hope that you'll talk to the Duncan people, or if you have, yeah, you know, the power in your own facility. <laughs> That you could help, like if we picked the caramel cake, right. we could have okay. a Mississippi caramel, caramel cream donut. donut.
4: That, that would be easy. We yeah. So you know, you started talking about Boston cream pies, and real quickly, my aunt Marguerite, George Sherman's mother, she received a recipe from Mrs. Kent in Greenwood, Mississippi, for a Boston cream pie in 1938. Wow. When she got married, and this recipe, Miss Kent, won a blue ribbon at the Mississippi State Fair. Of this Boston cream pie recipe. <laughs> this is good. Okay. Now, so do you have the recipe, Joe? I'm I'm looking at it right now. Oh man! You well, to share it. To any it way we Java? could share? No problem. I'll send it to Java.
0: Okay. This is good stuff. Here we've gotten a great recipe out of this deal, Carol.
2: And and you know we really want to thank Peyton for um, having the Boston cream pie for his big birthday. Uh, he said. He first had it. He was from Greenville. He is from Greenville, of course. He is
4: right around the corner from Yeah.
2: And (laughs) when he was seven or eight, his mother made it for him, and he said it was the combination and contrast of the middle custard with the chocolate icing that did it for him. He said, simple concoction, simple pleasure, and I don't understand why we don't see it more often.
0: Well, we saw a good one on Saturday night.
4: That is it's so true. It's I love that. My she's the only person that I ever had that ever made them in our family, and because uh, she always did it the best. Of course, she had a blue ribbon recipe. What can I say? Indeed yeah, she did. Well, <laughs> I
2: would I would advise you to go in the kitchen, make the Boston cream pie, and post it on Cooking and Coping, and let's get some Boston cream action going.
4: All right, we'll do it, and I'll send this recipe. Oh, okay, thank you, Joe.
2: Thanks, Joe. Good okay, to hear from you. Yo. Joe yo, Sherman, uh,
0: one of our regulars, often a substitute for either Carol or Malcolm when yes, we're out of town. He's a fine he's, host he's he He's a is. fine host. He's like the third wheel or the third leg on the stool here. Well, yeah. Java's permanent. Yeah, we're, Java's the seat. Of course he is. The El Presidente of all things Deep South Dining. All right, we're going to take a little break right here because that's what we do. When we come back, we're going to talk about some corned beef. We're going to talk to Martha Allen with Extra Table. They have a big event coming up, stuff that we support and we believe in, and we want to promote that, share the information with you. And later in the show, Eddie Wright from Eddie Wright's Barbecue is going to talk to us about smoking and grilling and his secret recipes and techniques that will help us all be better At the grill. This is Deep South Dining. We'll be right back.
4: This podcast is a local production of Mississippi Public Broadcasting and depends on the support of listeners like you. If you can, please donate today at MPBOnline.org. And thanks.
0: Welcome back, Deep South Dining, right here on MPB Think radio you better think carol
2: i'm thinking malcolm i'm thinking about (laughs) boston cream pie i
0: know you are i know what you're thinking about all right we have on the phone one of our great friends who uh, does some really fine work based in hattiesburg but all over the the state of mississippi extra table we have martha allen on the phone good morning martha
5: good morning how are y'all doing today
2: We are doing great and we are so grateful to you for jumping on the air with us to talk about the March of the Mayors and the giant packing party. Yeah,
5: (laughs) That's exactly right and it's brand new to the Capital City area so we're so excited to be on Deep South Dining and share all this great news with all your listeners because I know they'll want to participate.
2: Okay, so what is the March of the Mayors?
5: The March of the Mayors is seven mayors across the jackson metro area agree to participate it's a canned food drive it's a fundraiser it's mississippi's largest food box package party Uh complete with moon drives moon pies mardi gras beads even event t-shirts but it's a jazzy second line all the way to the food bank
0: are you expecting these mayors to kind of dance and second line together
5: you know, if I could get them to it, would be good for the event, right? Yeah,
4: yeah.
2: <laughs> so, but, so, so the food really, drive, is it's, it's a more of a targeted food drive. You have each com- community contribute one category, is that?
5: It is, it is. You're exactly right. So like Byram is responsible for collecting one pound bags of rice. Um, the city of Jackson collects canned tuna. Pearl collects canned corn. Madison peanut butter. Raymond green beans. Bridgeland canned fruit, Canton spaghetti noodles. So each city, each mayor is championing one healthy item that will be go together in a box at the food box packing party this coming Thursday at Christ United in Jackson. And so one piece of, you know, each city will go into the food box to help feed those hungry across the capital city area.
0: Yeah, that's that's amazing work and we know that it all began uh there at your shop with Robert St. John and his mission to uh, combat hunger in his own home state.
2: I really I love the, right. the uh yeah, the idea of the targeted donation, yeah, that you're not just getting random cans of many times expired foods and things. Bent
0: cans, no yeah, one wants. It. Yeah,
2: yeah, but but to really uh put the emphasis on on healthy eating.
5: That's exactly right, you know, and and at Extra Table we do not participate in canned food drives because research shows that 60% of what's collected in a canned food drive goes to in the garbage because it's expired, it's not presentable, or it's just something that the individual receiving it can't prepare in any way in order to make a meal. I mean, blueberry pie filling does not is not considered a meal, right. you know?
0: That's not a food group.
5: So, right. Martha,
0: would you mind just giving us the elevator uh, uh, update on what you folks do? Tell us about Extra Table. I mean, some listeners, of course, are very familiar with your work. Some aren't. It would be great if you could just sort of encapsulate that for us here.
5: For sure. So, Extra Table was founded in 2009 by Chef Robert St. John in Hattiesburg. Um, A local food pantry ran out of food, and Robert just started shipping food through Cisco, the only way he knew to get food to somebody, and over time, it has grown. We've been in existence for 13 years, and we now um, use a group named Chow and purchase our food from them and warehouse it and deliver it, and we serve 57 food pantries and soup kitchens across the state of Mississippi each and every month, and we deliver the good, healthy food that mamas want to feed their babies to the doorstep of the food pantry every month for free.
2: Amazing. Yeah, that's that's It great. is.
5: It sounds like a really complicated concept, but it, the basis is we fundraise to buy food that we deliver to feed people. And we use our buying power to buy essentially for the whole State instead of just one local food pantry and so we're able to buy truckloads at far reduced prices and so um, our dollar goes so much further and so it's just a uh, um, extra table and an efficient organization feeding people.
0: Wow well thanks to you and to Robert for the good work we appreciate all that you do and we encourage people to get involved in whatever way they can on the march of the mayors uh, and the packing party are there things that our listeners can do?
5: Yes, absolutely. So any of the cities listed can pick up their item. You can go to our um our Facebook or our Instagram page for all the details and those items are all due to the drop off location on um, Tuesday, so tomorrow. And then please join us at the Mississippi's largest food box packing party at Christ United Methodist Church March twenty fourth, this Thursday at nine thirty AM and we're gonna pack several thousand boxes to get out to those hungry and At the end of that beautiful assembly line is going to be all the local food pantries, and so that food will go straight to them today, that day.
2: Well, Martha, thank you for everything y'all do, and thank you for uniting our Metro Jackson area. It's just wonderful when we can see something that's true collaboration and brings us together and also helps people. So good luck, and we'll talk to you soon.
5: Yay, thanks. Y'all have a
2: wonderful day. Thank you,
0: Martha Allen with um, Extra Table. And uh, again, we are very proud to be friends of and promoters of this
5: uh, (laughs) stellar
0: work that you guys do. It's the Lord's work, and we appreciate it.
5: Thanks. Y'all have
0: a great day. Absolutely. Now, Carol, we uh, had corned beef and cabbage and potatoes and Irish stew on St. Patty's Day last Thursday.
2: At at Hall and and I sent you a text this morning, early, early, to say that we must talk about corned beef because okay. you know corned beef has been a very elusive thing for me to cook in my kitchen. Right. And my significant other. Uh, John Palmer has been raving about Hal and Mal's corned beef ever since. I know he spoke with you about he it. He spoke
0: to me in person.
2: In person, uh, about and,
0: it. He's very focused of on. Of
2: course, it. he didn't speak about how he could cook it. But
0: <laughs> <laughs> well, this is what he said. He says he loves corned beef and he struggled with it being dry uh, in in his history. So
2: that what, would mean in his <clears throat> with, with his woman cooking it. <laughs>
0: Well, so I did a little quick uh, look back, uh, and, and I would share with you that what we served is a, uh, a pre-prepared, uh, not cooked, but it's, it's raw, but it's pre-brined. And I think the brining is a key in, in getting your corned beef ready. Now, when we purchase these cuts of meat at the restaurant— they come pre-brine. So it's in a, a, a sack with brine, salt, and, and some herbs, but it's not highly seasoned yet. So we take it out and wash it off, and, and then we cook it um, for three hours at 350. And, and I would even say you could cook it at a lower temperature for a longer time. Yeah, that time. kind of surprises That's restaurant. me. That's you know, right. We're sort of yeah. trying to get it ready. But you could cook it much longer. Uh, at a much lower temperature, and probably get fabulous results. Now we get ours from a company called Grobels, G-R-O-B-B-E-L apostrophe S. Grobels, it's a gourmet meat packing house in Detroit that began in 1883. They know a little bit about. They know corn about
2: the corn beef, and they are they are up there in a. Corned beef area.
0: Beef, yes. that That's that part of the world. Now, here's what we do. We take it out of the bag, wash it off, rinse it off, and and build spices, cloves, allspice, cinnamon, mustard, bay leaves, onion, garlic, carrots, celery, and, and put it all in and cover it completely with water. And one of the mistakes that's often made with cooking corned beef is that the, the meat is not covered. It is cooked too quickly, on too high a temperature, it is not covered with with water, and people cut it wrong. You have to cut it uh, a certain way in order to get the best results. And I shared some of those five tips with you.
2: So you're going across the grain yeah, when that's you right. cut it. But let, let's let talk about the five tips because I, w- I was pretty fascinated. Um, okay with that I've got to find my
0: we got to find the five tips but uh, they were all really important one was um, making sure that you cook it slow and on a low temperature another was covering it with water
2: another one was washing it that in fact that was the first tip on this is where people really mess up is not rinsing the meat before cooking because it will be a salt lick. Right, it's if in you brine. Don't. Yeah,
0: it's in yeah. it's in a brine. So you got to wash that off uh, before you begin to cooking. Otherwise, you get a very salty piece of meat. And, and the temperature, you know, most people cook it on too high temperature and try to get it ready too quickly. It's it's a slow. It's kind of like a smoking. You know, it's a slow dance. It's a waltz.
1: This is not a jitterbug. <laughs> this is not a jitterbug.
2: Chava, do you know what a jitterbug is? Um, You're so young.
1: I, I think they did it on Dancing with the Stars or something.
4: <laughs> 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 All right.
1: The, another tip is
0: not filling the pot with enough water. You got to cover the rascal up, and it, it, don't be afraid of the water.
2: Well, you did good. Uh, the Irish stew was great. The carrots were. Yeah, my, my particular favorite because they were I big loved hunks. Them. They weren't little little bitty coins. That's they lamb
0: weren't. stew, you know. That's lamb stew, and the Irish stew.
2: Uh-huh. Ah, yeah. okay.
0: Yeah, we have to get that meat once a year, um, and it's my brother Hal's recipe. He made it every St. Patty's Day, just like he made turtle soup every uh, day before Thanksgiving. He got turtle meat and made turtle soup, and it was one of his traditions. He made the Irish stew on St. Patrick's Day.
2: And Super good. we honor him in his memory.
0: Yeah, this coming Saturday, it's all about Hal.
2: Oh, it's Hal St. Patty's Day Parade.
0: Indeed it is, <clears throat> and I understand you, you have a role there.
2: I do. I uh, am one of the buckethead judges, and we will be carefully looking over the con- contestants. We will be making notes. We will be... And your opinions. You, you actually hand
0: out awards at the end of yes, we all of the hoopla.
2: But uh, why don't you tell our listeners why we are bucket head judges? Hmm. We now, wear buckets upon our heads. To,
0: for anonymity, for, so that no one knows. It's blind judging. You're not supposed to uh, know the judges. They're not supposed to be celebrities. They're just supposed to be uh, anonymous and up there doing their good work, uh, you know, under the uh, cloak of a bucket.
2: And also the bucket is a protective mechanism for, you know, catching people, throw things. And why do people throw things at the judges? They are trying to curry favor, we might say. Uh So every float that comes by bombards us with all sorts of loot, Mm-hmm. I mean, some very fine gifts, right. some very gifts that, that are very poor taste. Lots of gifts. Lots <laughs> so of this is bribery. Yes, yeah, total bribery. But when they throw them going by, it would hit the judges in the head. I oh mean, they're boy. very enthusiastic. So therefore, the buckets are a protective helmet as, as well as a cloak of anonymity. And y'all wear robes, of course. We do. And I, I just wanted to ask, what year is this?
0: Well, this would be 39 if it were not for COVID. We had a two-year pause. It's, so it's the 37th parade in the 39th
2: year. And so, you know, for many of those decades, of course, it was Mal's St. Patty's Day parade. And right. the change to honor Hal is indeed a good one. But it <clears> just <throat> always impressed me how easy that was yes. to say Hal instead of Mal.
1: Right.
0: And, you know, Hal passed nine years ago, almost to the date, and uh, I believe that people die in two ways. One is their body stops functioning and they pass physically, and then the other way that people die is when people stop calling their name. So my intention is that people will always call my brother's name and by renaming the parade in his honor.
2: Wonderful. I will see you there,
0: and Java will be in the streets on St. Paddy's. The 26th, it's this Saturday, folks. We had a gentleman show up at the restaurant on St. Paddy's Day last week, and he said, I'm here for the parade. we said, you're a little early. Well, you're, a little early. you're a little early.
2: But Java will be marching this year with the O-Tug
1: Society. Yeah. Uh, yeah, one I'm, of our rookies this year. I'm, I'm I'm out there, and I'm ready.
2: Do you have your outfit?
1: I do have my outfit, yes. Okay, I'm, I'm good
0: to it's go. It's going to be good. All right, we're going to take a break. and we come back, Eddie Wright from Eddie Wright's Barbecue uh, is uh, en route. And, of course, we're going to talk about smoking, grilling. Uh, we said we we're going to talk about uh, fresh spring produce. We may or may not get to that. We, But, you know, I like to grill asparagus, and I like to grill yeah. uh, beets.
2: Malcolm, there's always next week.
0: Always next week. All right, Carol and I will be right back with Eddie Wright. Thank you for tuning in to Deep South Dining. You can join the conversation by calling 1-877-672-7464. Hi, I'm Jason Klein from Fix It 101. If you ever thought about changing the doorknob or fixing a leaky faucet, some jobs just aren't that difficult, and yes, you can do it. If
4: you want to find out how to do those things, listen to Fix It 101, podcast everywhere.
0: We've talked about Boston cream pie, corned beef, extra table, and now it's time to talk about barbecue. We can welcome into the studio Eddie Wright. Hello, Eddie. Hello. How's everybody doing today?
2: Fine. We're doing fine. We're fine. I don't smell any.
0: I don't see or smell any smoke. Well, it's
3: it's a little bit different on a Monday. We do Mondays for planning and logistics and recovery. We start (laughs) Sunday. We finish Monday. We put out the schedule, and from there we go back into the flurry. That is. Uh, when you say competitive cooking, they're serving the public amazing barbecue the right way. Oh well, yeah!
2: Well, this yes. weekend you were serving the public too.
3: Yes, we were. We had a great time at our Footprint Farms at Sunset Marketplace, and it was an, a great event. And uh, they ate a lot of food. I was very happy because we got up really early to put that together.
2: Well, uh, Enrica Williams, who was who inspired that market, and mm-hmm. I think keeps it together, is one of our great friends and love to have her on the show and I'm so happy to see that it's been so successful.
3: Yes, that, it's a very great place. I had to be a little oh. bit careful because I was the only person out there with a food trailer, so oh, oh. My, my vlogging equipment is falling, if you can hear on the radio. <laughs> um, I had to be very careful because um, I didn't want to tear up their ground. They have a very nice space out there, and my trailer was kind of heavy, and it rained a few days before, so I know ground kind of takes a little time to dry out, so we had to make very careful use of the four-wheel drive oh, to make yeah. sure we didn't... Do any damage, but well, you it was know, fine.
2: for those in the Metro Jackson area and beyond, you know, a visit to foot, Footprint Farms is just a wonderful thing. Yeah. you can go online and see when they do their their boxes and also these events. But it's it's in West Jackson. It's tucked away.
3: It is very very tucked, very away.
2: tucked away by the Metro Center. You know, you go down Highway 80 and you turn right. You think you're in a you know totally. Urban setting, and there's just farmland Mm -hmm. in the middle of the city, you feel like you're way out of town. Right. But Cindy Ayers Elliott does, it's now Cindy Ayers, right? Mm -hmm. Does a Fabulous job, and I enjoy getting the produce in the spring and summer.
3: I've got some really good stuff. I'm gonna have to. Uh, I've got a few things that we brought back. I got a couple heads of cabbage that we're going to do to turn into some great tailgate cabbage that we put on our menu. Do you really grill awesome. the cabbage? We smoke it. Smoke uh, so it. what we're Ooh. working on, we, we do a nice grilled cabbage, but we also are working on what we're calling a cabbage steak. So what we're going to do, we're going to take the cabbage, we're going to slice it big way. It's kind of mm. like a plant a a nice steak, but on top of that, we're going to put a choice of protein. Proteins, whether it be pulled pork, brisket, or even some smoked boneless, skinless thighs, and it's going to be a cabbage, uh, cabbage steak recipe that we're putting together. Uh, that's a good idea.
2: Yeah, I love that. You know, I've seen people doing that with cauliflower mm-hmm. lately—a cauliflower exactly. steak. But boy, I can taste that some cabbage and pulled pork.
3: Oh, it'll be awesome.
0: So, Eddie, tell us a little bit about uh, Eddie Wright Barbecue. Give us a little history. Tell our listeners who don't know where to find you and what all it is that you guys do.
3: Okay. Uh, For those who are listening, my name is Eddie Wright, the owner and lead pitmaster of Eddie Wright Barbecue. We are a not only a content creator here in the creative space of YouTube and all the other social media platforms, we are also a barbecue food truck establishment within the area of Metro Jackson. Got my start in the backyard just like any traditional pitmaster does. Um, Just wanted to kind of get into it to have a little fun. It was a cool way to walk, get my my steps in and lose a little bit of weight, and um, that turned into a brand new smoker, which turned into a new trailer, which turned into a whole bunch of other new smokers. And when the pandemic hit, we became unemployed, uh, so we had to make some real quick decisions in order to remain afloat. In the first beginning of the pandemic, of course, everyone remembers that part of the process. It was real strenuous It was on everyone to get any type of relief. Um, so we became unemployed, and we had a nice trailer sitting outside with a lot of equipment. So we decided to get really creative. Uh, we got certified. We got had all our appropriate licenses, and we took off at barbecue just for the hopes of just sustaining ourselves mm. until the next job came along. And little did I know the next job was the job I was currently doing. And for the past, in June 1st, uh, 2022, will be two official years as a full-time pitmaster at Eddie Wright Barbecue. Well,
0: let's talk about the rig. Everybody who loves to grill and smoke and cook, you know, they're so proud of their rig. I want to hear about the Eddie Wright rig.
3: Well, Eddie Wright, we have quite a few rigs. Um, I'm one of those guys. I like naming equipment and vehicles and things like that. It's more of a manly thing. So I have um, I have quite a few pits. I've got a 20-foot trailer, 10-foot enclosed, 10-foot porch. On that porch contains three units. I have Unicron, which is my CTOO Hickory Smoker. That's what I call it. It's eight rotisserie racks of amazing self-basting, no-hot-spot cooking cooking greatness. Um, we have our pellet smoker, which we call the Silverback. Uh, it is a Yoder Smoker Y640S uh, that does pretty much all our vegetables, some wings. It's very flexible. Uh, we can do great Steaks on that as well. Um, also on there, we have our Blackstone, which doesn't have a name. It's just the Blackstone Grill, flat top grill. We can do tacos, anything else we want to do. Great lines of fish, and our festival cooker, which we call Kong. Uh, it's a old hickory pit. It is twelve <laughs> rotating racks, can hold 650 pounds of meat at one time. It's on its own separate trailer, and we pull it with the secondary vehicle. Wow. So, in a mass of a short two-year time frame, I have amassed enough e- cooking equipment that a small barbecue chain would be very envious of. Man,
2: What can you say about that? Well,
3: you could say, when do we eat? That's <laughs> what you can say. Well, if, you, if I didn't know if I was supposed to bring it in or not, but I did bring some treats. I brought you guys a little bit oh of gosh. our smoked brisket today. Uh, mm. We have some brisket that we brought to you guys and a few rolls to go with that. So uh, at some point in time after the show or during the show, when the show gets ready to complete, you guys are more than free to welcome to have a little bit and give me your most honest review Great. on what we have. Gladly. So, next thing i like to talk about is wood. Wood, Let's okay. talk about wood. Okay. Um, What exactly about wood do we want to talk about? What kind do you use? I am a... What are your a, favorites? What do you not like? I'm not an oak guy. Oak is more of a Texas thing. Oak mm. and um, a lot of hardwoods, mainly mesquite because... they use out there. They do. They're very big on mesquite. Now, I will use mesquite on chicken every now and then why because mesquite gives chicken an amazing flavor when you use it properly you can you can vary you can oversmoke it if you're not too careful but my primaries are pecan and cherry i love Definitely. using those in combos those go very well together that's normally what we do our ribs and our, our, our um, chicken on majority of the time if we're doing pork sometimes we'll do a little peach wood mm. we're playing around with a little peach a little sugar maple sometimes apple when we're doing fish and any other type of um uh, seafood. Seafood. Mm-hmm. We're using fruit woods, peach, cherry, uh, sometimes some sassafras, Ooh, oh, sugar sassafras. maple. Now we're talking. Yeah, we get, a, we get a lot of different things that we – uh. It, the the part about the way I do barbecue and the way a lot of pitmasters that do the low and slow method is the art of the smoke. You yeah. can dial it up or down however you want, and depending on what extra flavor you want to add with the wood, you're welcome to it. So you have so many things and variables you can do with those. And what about wood purveyor? How hard is it to get all of these woods you've described? What, and,
0: and people who grill <clears throat> and cook at home... Where do they find these uh, exotic, uh, wood? not exotic, but these, <laughs> this variety of, of wood?
3: Um, my first primary supplier of woods is the fabulous Grills of Mississippi, Central Mississippi's largest barbecue store located on Highway 51. Shout out to Jonathan Huddleston, his family, and Tracy Hobson. Great team over there. They were very instrumental in helping me get started with a lot of what I have going on. I um, uh, have two pellet cookers that I use. That uh, Pellet cookers are essentially, they run on pellets, what a lot of guys don't really like sometimes, but pellet cookers are good because they do provide awesome flavor. Uh, the pellets are able to be bought at that store, and usually any general chain store from Kroger, Academy, Home Depot, Lowe's, and they come in those variety of flavors and variety of makers. I choose to use Barbecue Delight. Any of my hardwoods, I usually get from Academy, or I get them from Grills, or I get them from, a, um, I I not call them a lumberjack, but I get them from guys who do a lot of tree cutting around in the area, and they'll just have stuff piled up in places, and I've had oh. one guy, after I won the... Uh, the preserve the pit grant from Kingsford last year. Uh I got on the news and he came by the house. I had quite a few people come by the house that saw the store and he was just like, Hey, I just want to offer you a lot of wood that I have. If you ever need any wood, you're welcome to it. And it was a very eye-opening experience because no one's ever given me a lot of things in a line of work that I've done and I've done a variety of types of work in my life. So it was very awesome to be able to say, hey, someone to open their hands and be like, hey, I have tons of things Mm -hmm. that I have no use for. I just burn it. I know you could use it here and have at it. That's beautiful. Yes, it most definitely is. I bet you get some
2: pecan wood. Yes,
3: I I get a lot of pecan wood, but we are also running very low on pecan wood because we're running we've been running like crazy the past past year and a half has been amazing. Uh, Mississippi has really opened their arms to me. The barbecue community has accepted me and I I continue to be told I have a great product but more than anything there are great people that love my product and without those people who are receiving that product I wouldn't have the story to tell today so well
2: I know the listeners can probably hear the rustle of aluminum foil
3: <laughs>
2: as we tell the story tell the story of of your product.
4: Yes.
3: But
2: do, do you cater for, I mean, can, can uh, pr- do, do you do private catering? Do you we
3: do? do any and everything in the lines of food, bar mitzvahs, breakups, divorces, <laughs> uh, baby showers. If it involves weddings. food, weddings, anything. If it involves food, my, my thing is food makes everything better. So whatever you're celebrating, whether it be bad or good, we can barbecue it and we can most definitely cater to your liking. It's the smiles on the inside that we like to do. And I, <laughs> when I say that, I'm rubbing my stomach yeah. inside. Side Smiles is what Eddie Wright Barbecue specializes in. Hmm. Well, while so,
1: everybody, well, everybody's I'm trying to uh, out there, uh, talk to there, I want to talk to you this trying. morning. Uh,
4: <laughs> that, uh, Good Malcolm, times.
1: Yeah, what are we, um, initial initial thoughts, Malcolm, because you, you were the first to dive in. Initial thoughts. Great, great smoke.
0: Um, not uh, Not overly smoky, but the perfect amount of smoke. A bit of sweetness, and I, you know I love brisket. And Eddie, I was going to ask you—we were mm-hmm. talking about corned beef earlier. Mm-hmm. What's the relationship between a brisket and a, what we call a corned beef?
3: Um, a brisket is usually from when it's pulled out of the the plastic, or you know, the vacuum wrap. It's usually trimmed, seasoned, and put on the pit. Corned beef is, I think, and and, and from what I can understand, it's rubbed and it's kind of. Uh, brined. That's right. For a certain period of time before it's actually smoked, and in that brine it contains a lot of salt and curing sugars of that nature, and curing salts that actually pull mo- pull a little bit of moisture in, and then they dry it before they actually cook it. So that's what gets you the difference between corned beef and brisket. Mm. Talk about your
0: uh, the award. The, the Kingsford Award and, and what sort of impact that had on the oh, Kingsford Preserve
3: the Pit was an amazing experience for me. Um I applied for the I applied for the fellowship. It was uh Kingsford's taking an initiative to uh shine the light on black I'm sorry, on African American pit masses across the nation, not just the Southeast. And they put out this program. Um Dr. Howard Conyers had a lot to do with it and a few other people, um and they wanted to highlight African-American pitmaster across the southeast. There was an application process. We put in an application because a friend said, hey, man, I think you should try this. And me not thinking I would win anything, I was like, hey, what's the worst that could happen? I lose. (laughs) So there was a fellowship, and I didn't get the fellowship, but I did get the grant. They chose 10 people to get a $7,500 grant that was essentially whatever you wanted to do within your barbecue or within your culinary design to push you forward, it was yours. I used to take a vacation because I hadn't taken a vacation in a very long time. Like a plan to me. And everything that was left over is pretty much being stored, awaiting a a co-packer to put our rub together before we do a few other things with that. So Preserve the Pit has been very good for me to help get a lot of other things off the ground, especially me not believing I could have my own rub, but actually having and have tested one for the past year and a half. It's a great experience to know that, hey, I'm on the cusp of something great that I'll be able to put in people's pantries. That's great. So what what smoke do we have on this frisket? Today you have uh, – we did a competition blend. pellets over that Uh, the competition blend is pecan cherry and a little bit of oak in certain percentages we roll that one over our y640s pellet grill and again brisket is one of those things that if you know you know you can appreciate it when it's done right and you know when it's done wrong and not a lot of people like to take the time to do it but when you do do it and you get a great reaction you know you've done a great job it's not something that you can just throw in there and be like all right here goes nothing Mm.
1: (laughs) Yeah, that's the thing about a good brisket. I'm not a big brisket eater, but I have had yours, um before, Eddie. And you, like you said, are one of the people that take the time yeah. to do it because this is not a uh, a quick a quick fix type, right. of, type of meat. And yeah. if you and if you quick fix it, you're gonna it will tell. Show, right, <laughs> it will show. There you go. There you go. Yeah. So uh, talk about that. Um, to circle back to the Kingsford uh, thing, was it like a big uh, shot of confidence for you?
3: It was. It was huge. Uh, considering, and you know my background and what a lot of things that I've done, recognition is important. And to, again, be in this arena in under five years and be mentioned for something, that says a lot. There are a lot of people who applied for that program and didn't get anything. So, again, to be considered to just receive a grant, I was extremely thankful. It was a very big press release, and from that I was able to be featured by Visit Visit Jackson and be taken to the Atlanta Food and Wine Festival, which was another amazing event. And like I said, in, in under five years, I have had a lot of barbecue fun and eye-opening experiences that a lot of people would be thrilled to have this fast. I'm just kind of holding on for dear life right now. <laughs> <laughs> now,
0: do you have a retail store where our listeners can drive up and get barbecue? Or, um, or are you we, mostly just a We're mostly mobile.
3: mobile. Uh, we put out our schedule every Sunday night or Monday, depending on how sleepy we are. Um, we haven't posted it yet, so we'll post it today. Uh, of our rounds we make during... During the week, and um, we do have the ability to take orders online on our website eddyrightbbq.com. dot com. We've got our menu, we've got apparel, we've got rubs, uh, we've got our sponsor rubs. Uh, very sh- huge hat tip to Mississippi Meat Mafia and Smoking and the Bandits. They're two of my rub sponsors. They are also Mississippi born and bred companies. Great guys, and it's just it's just a lot of fun to be able to still do this stuff at this level and still feel like. Every day is a brand new day, and I love to do it. So. Y- so people can find you in your food truck
0: once yeah. you post mm-hmm. like where some of what are some of your favorite places like um, where are some sort of repeat locations
3: repeat locations okay let's go we have industrial Drive in Jackson hotel and restaurant supply very amazing group <coughs> of people over there we have Richland Mississippi at the fuel center over by Lambton Love which is another company where I get my propane they supply me um, you have Brandon Mississippi where I have spent a lot a little bit of time but they're very receptive to barbecue out there so we're ready to go back out to Brandon we went all the way to Crystal Springs last Saturday, I mean last Friday for our car pull-up, well, car cruising. We had a great time out there. Uh, trust Mark Park. Shouts out to Jonathan Beard and Crooked Letter Kitchen. He introduced me to that. And another spot we like to frequent sometimes is downtown Jackson. Nightlife every now and then. Yeah. Now like, A
1: lot of places, a lot, yeah, the, the after... After club, yeah, eating, the, <laughs> it's a whole different. It's a whole. It's, it's a whole different world. It's a whole different world. But a lot of places people can catch you too is on the competition circuit. Yes, I mean, your social media every man this brisket. Uh, every other <laughs> every other weekend, um, you're posting about some award that your wings got or that <laughs> your um, you know your setup got. So talk about talk about that competition work.
3: So the competition life was very. It's been very. Um, it's been different. Again, I got into this as fun. I wanted to compete. I wanted to get out there because I didn't see a lot of African-American pitmasters out there doing their thing. So I just wanted to say, hey, let me put my hat out here and see what I can do. And in the past two years, it's been a learning experience and there have been a lot of great achievements. Um, at the close of last year, we came half a point away from $2,000 prize at Vicksburg Smoking on the View. Um, we were beat by literally point one nine nine of a point. So that was it was still awesome to get second place. Um, We do a monthly wing competition at Grills of Mississippi. So if any pitmasters, backyard professional, we invite everybody to come out to Grills of Mississippi once a month for a wing competition in the ancillary. Put out your best wings. You can fry it, dye it, lay it to the side. No matter. It's just got to be cooked. It's a great time. And it's it's really about the fellowship. Competition cooking is fun. It costs a lot. But the fellowship that you get from it all, the people I've met, the personalities I've been able to learn from, the, the relationships. I've built I've built on the competition circuit and it's a lot of traveling it's a lot of fuel costs but at the end of the day it's very rewarding to know that at any given moment you can pick up a phone and call somebody in another area another state another county and they'll answer whatever question you may have it's like a small it's a different type of brotherhood. Do
0: you do the Memphis um, competition? Um, We
3: had the invitation to go last year to Memphis in May. We decided not to go because I'm a team person. I have a very unique team of interchangeable parts, and um, everybody works. Everybody has nine to fives. I'm the only one who barbecues full time. So I wanted my first experience at Memphis in May to be with the people who've backed me, who come to these competitions with me, who sacrifice their time to come and help me because I appreciate that. Um, But this year, one of my sponsors, Mississippi Meat Mafia, Brian Bruce and his crew, they are inviting us again to come with them to Memphis in May and have a good time. But we also are heavily thinking about going and competing ourselves.
0: Well, keep up the good fight, Eddie Right? We are so proud of you, and Thank we you. appreciate you laying this breakfast brisket on us this morning. Thank moment. you. I Thank like you guys right for having me. Brisket. Breakfast brisket. <laughs> it is nothing like brisket in the morning, I tell you that. <laughs> yeah, it's mighty good, and uh, we appreciate you. Appreciate Thank what you do. We, we are happy to have, have you as one of our regulars. We want to follow you, keep up with you, promote you. Uh, and to always know what's cooking. Well, thank uh, you. Who knows? Maybe one grill. day I'll
3: be able to come out here and just we can do a live show. I oh, will yeah. bring the trailer out. We'll cook. We'll talk okay. food. We'll fellowship here, and hey, it can be a great we'll time.
0: Do it. Sounds good to me. All right, that about concludes our show for today. It's been fun. We've talked about about fifty different things. It's it's been real. Deep South Dining is a production of Mississippi Public Broadcasting Stink Radio, and we are funded by generous contributions from listeners just like yourself. Thanks. Our show is produced magnificently by Java Chapman. For my co-host Carol Puckett and our special guest, Eddie Wright from Eddie Wright Barbecue, I'm Malcolm White, and I ask you to stay tuned now for Marshall Ramsey's show, Now You're Talking, followed by Southern Remedy at 11. And please join Carol and I and Java every Monday at 9 o'clock in the morning for more Deep South Dining and... You'll see all of us in the streets on Saturday for Hal St. Patty's Day Parade. You heard it right here on MPB Think Radio.